discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boati as Christ is magnified in you. About someone. If you hear something bad about someone, there are two things that could happen to you. The first thing that could happen to you is that you could, you could take it the way God wants you to take it and pray for the person for the person's restoration. Or you could be the one to condemn and judge and say all kinds of things and still see the person in that same light after many years, even, even when the person has been forgiven and has changed. I remember some years ago, I met a certain man of God. This guy talks foolishly like something. I mean, he's a man of God, and he insults every other man of God, and says all kinds of things about every, every man of God. You get it? Always. This person has done this person. Hey. But after some years, I realized the guy was still doing well. When he said that to me, and was saying all those things to me, I, I have a spiritual shredding machine. I shred things. I know a lot of bad things about people. I'm a pastor for crying out loud. People talk to me. Even when I don't want to hear it, they want me to hear it. <laughs> People talk to me and say all kinds of things. But I have a spiritual shredding machine. When they bring it, I just tear it into pieces and see them the way God wants me to see them. So this guy was talking, saying all kinds of things. But I decided to see him the way God sees him. Even though he's saying bad things about other people. Can you imagine the guy had confessed to God and had repented and that was the reason why he was doing well. If I had still been stuck on the foolish things he has said before and has still seen him in that light and has still considered him in that light, I'll be the one in trouble because I'll be thinking badly about a child of God. Can you imagine? And I'll be the one not going forward in life. My problem would have been that I heard him talk. And I, I've, I've, I've stayed where I am. Once he's going on. Because he had confessed. You don't know the relationship someone holds or sustains between himself and God. Just see people the way God wants you to see them. See them the way God wants you to see them. Forgive. Think, think about people the way God wants you to think about them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And be a wonderful believer. So he says, Brother, if any man, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. This is the, spirit, the spiritual thing to do is to restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Considering your own self, lest thou also be tempted. If you don't consider yourself, you'll be surprised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. This is not my focus. I'm just trying to introduce the subject to you. It says, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Have you seen it? Bear ye one another's burdens. Help each other. Are we in the same church? Yes, Are we in the body of Christ? Yes, we must learn to help each other. You see that your brother is having a fault. Help the person. By first of all praying for the person. Not talking about the person. What's it, what's it, what's it, what's it, what's it? Have you heard about this one? Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? Yes, see, yes, see. It's not going to help anybody. Bear one another's burdens in prayer. Okay? In prayer and helping people physically as well. 
Hallelujah. Yeah. This is what this is the amplifier. It says, bear and your kindness burdens and troublesome moral faults. You see? Troublesome moral faults. And in this way, fulfill the fulfill and observe perfectly the Lord Christ, the Messiah, that, and complete what is lacking in your obedience to it. What is the perfect Lord Christ? Love. Love is the submission of the law. And love is the law that Christ left us. He says, love your neighbor, even as I have loved you. How did Christ love? Christ loved by giving himself for the other to do well. Even when the other was in sin. In Romans chapter 5, it exists for, but God commends love towards us. In that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died. Whilst we were yet sinners, not whilst we were good. Whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died. So maybe your brother is not good. He's a foolish boy. You realize that this guy is a foolish boy. He's a foolish girl. He says, love him as I loved. How did I love? I loved even when they were wrong and I died for them. So you to die for somebody. Ask your neighbor, will you die for me? <laughs> Hallelujah. So bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. These are very important things in the scriptures, okay? Sometimes people jump these things when they, when they, when they see them in the Bible. These are, this, this, this is what it means to be spiritual. Okay, go to the next verse. Verse 3. For if any man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Can you imagine? Anytime you think that you are something, you are actually nothing. When you feel that Charlie, right now, I've come to a set, you are lying, you've not come to any place. You've, arrived, you've not arrived anywhere. The Bible says that, take heed, lest ye fall. Yeah, if you think that you've, you've arrived, you're going to be in trouble. One of the most terrible things about spiritual growth is when people get to a certain point where they feel they cannot be taught by anybody. They are unteachable. They cannot be corrected, they cannot be taught because they've come to a certain level. When the pastor is teaching, oh, this one we've heard it before. This one we heard it some time ago. This one we, ha- we even have a better revelation. I read someone, it's even better than what he's saying. Oh, this is, what are they talking about? You, you, are, you see, your, your problems are many. You just don't know it yet. I told you that when the problem that is bigger than you come, you realize that you've not built yourself up to any point. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. If any man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. You see, one of, the, one of the cardinal things about spiritual growth, about babies in Christ, is the fact that they are innocent. They have a certain level of innocence attached to them. Okay? Innocence. A child is innocent, isn't it? A child can just take anything from the floor and eat. Because he doesn't know what it is. He can just, I mean, he doesn't know anything. Is it true? But it's, so their innocence is dangerous to them. But their, their innocence is what makes them attractive. It makes them cute. Makes them what? Adorable. You, 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 you get to enjoy a child. Why? Because he's, he's innocent. He doesn't know anything. You do a go 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 go. You must not grow up spiritually with, and lose your, your positive side of your innocence. There are Christians who want to know everything. You want to know every song. Erase, Bejistia, no. I wanted to hear you respond. <laughs> and you responded. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your innocence, your, your curiosity will kill you. You understand what I'm saying? If you're a Christian, you must maintain your innocence. There are some things you should not want. You know, those times when we're younger, 
when they are kissing on TV, they tell us to get out of the room or they put the TV off. No, they will not put the TV off. They will tell you to get out because they want to watch, isn't it? So they will watch it and tell, tell you to get out because you weren't 18. When you turned 18, you were like, uh-huh. now I am 18 plus. There's no movie I cannot watch. So when you are kissing and doing all kinds of things, you open your eyes like that. I, Pastor, I want to educate myself. There are some education that will kill you. You like my message? Love it. Love it. You must maintain your innocence. You should be able to put the TV off and say, hey, this one is not good for me, and forward the movie. And stop watching some kinds of movies. You are destroying your spirituality. You are destroying your spirituality without knowing it. You say, Pastor Agent does not know anything. It's good he doesn't know some things. Pastor Agent doesn't know some things. He doesn't. And he doesn't want to know. Pastor Agent, Pastor Elikem, they don't want to know something. No, 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 no. They don't. They don't want to know something. And it is good. Have you seen it? Says, brethren, be not children in understanding. Have it in malice, in evil. Eh? Be what? Children. But in understanding, be men. Amplified. Brethren, do not be children immature in your thinking. Continue to be babes in matters of evil. Eh? This, I see what I'm saying. But in your minds, be mature men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. All oh, this is not my message. I'm not coming to my message. Well. Okay. So let's go back to Galatians where we're reading. Yeah. Go back. It says, For if a man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Verse 4. But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Verse 5. For every man shall bear his own burden. Verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. This is a spiritual principle. He says, whatever you sow, you reap. In Genesis chapter 9, when Moses came out of the ark of covenant, of, of, the, of the, the ark in the flood, okay, the ark that he built, when he came out of the ark, he sacrificed and offered a sacrifice to God. When he did, the Spirit of God spoke to him. Then he said, as long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall never ever cease. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seed time and harvest shall never cease. So there's a principle called sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, that shall you reap. There are two levels of sowing and two levels of reaping. I'm not talking about finances now. I'm not talking about money. I'm not going to talk about money actually. Okay? So go back to Galatians chapter 6. It says, Be not deceived. What God is no more for whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh, the one who sows to his flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life eternal. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. So it's a choice. It's a choice. What, where do you want to sow or what do you want to sow? Do you want to sow to the flesh or you want to sow to the spirit? It's a choice. Life is spiritual. Tell me about life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. Whether you know it or not. Life is fully spiritual. Hallelujah. You can either be spiritual or you can be carnal. There are no middle grounds. It's either you're a man of the spirit or you're a man of the flesh. 
There's no mixture. It's either you go this way or you go that way. And the flesh will bring you nothing but corruption. Corruption. Eh? It's written there. Corruption. Let's read the Amplified. You see it well in the Amplified. For he who sources to his own flesh, his lower nature, his sensuality, will from the flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction. But he who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. He shall reap. The one who sows to the flesh to his lower nature, sensuality, will from the flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction. So Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. There are two classes of Christians. There are spiritual Christians and there are carnal Christians. One sows to the spirit, another sows to the flesh. That is why they reap what they reap. She said, I, brother, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Even as unto babes in Christ. For as long as, go to the next verse, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Verse 3, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? The Amplified says, as mere men. We are not mere men. The day you became born again, you became a child of God, a child of destiny, born for the, for the cause of God. Okay? You are not ordinary, like mere unchanged men. The born again experience happens to our spirits. But if your mind doesn't know it, you will not reap any benefit from it. Your mind must get to know it. There are things that you must sow for you to have that, that experience in the spirit coming out in the flesh. Or else you will not experience anything. You will think that Christianity is boring. You think that Christianity is nothing. Your life will be ups and downs. Nothing will work in your life. Because you refuse to, 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 to take advantage of what has really happened in your life. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? Do you read your Bible? Do you pray? What do you do during the day? How can you feed your spirit one cold meal a, a week and expect you to be spiritual? Do you feed once a week? Ask, I'm asking you a question. It's not a rhetorical question. Do you feed, do you eat once a week? How many of you eat once a week? You feed three times a day. That was that no man yet ever hates, no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it. Nobody hates himself. Pinch your neighbor and let's see whether you feel it. Oh, feel free, pinch. You have liberty. You feel it, isn't it? Is it painful? You love yourself, isn't it? You love yourself. Don't you love yourself? Yeah. Don't you, don't you, don't you, you love yourself. You care about yourself. You care about your flesh. It's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. If you've not eaten the whole day, you don't even want to talk to anybody. You are fasting, but you don't want to say, Why someone, Master, 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 please, please. I don't, I don't have energy for this. I'm feeling too light. I beg, please. It's too early in the day. Because <laughs> you are fasting. Yeah, but when you eat and you drink and you become fine, then yourself animals come, isn't it? You have a spirit as well. You are a spirit being. 
In First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-three, he says that. Let's read it. First Thessalonians chapter five. First Thessalonians. Someone said First Thessalonians. <laughs> Someone said turn to First Thessalonians chapter five, verse four. He realized that a lot of the scriptures are so he thought Onassis is also part of it. Hallelujah. First, Onassis. He says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, Your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. You, you are a spirit being, you have a soul, you live in a body. Just as you feed your body, you must learn to feed your spirit. If you don't feed your spirit, and if you don't sow to the spirit, you will not grow spiritually. And if you are not growing spiritually, you will not get the benefits of what it means to be a child of God. It will elude you. It will elude you. You will be here in this world, but you will be shocked when you go to heaven. That you didn't live, you didn't live any life when you were here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said life is spiritual. Life is fully spiritual. Those of you who are in school, if your spirit man is not strong, your academics will not go well. Those of you who are into business, if your business, if your business is going to go well, it's dependent on how strong your spirit is. The state of your spirit determines how things work around you. I mean, for a man to even be organized, highly organized people are people who are very spiritual. If you are not spiritual, you, you will not be organized. Your desk, will, your desk at work will be always scattered. Your home will always be scattered. Your things will always be everywhere. It shows. <laughs> I, I remember I read I read a certain book. One man of God was saying how how he, he determines whether his Bible school children, Bible school students are going to do well by how their closet looks like. So he just goes to their to their dormitories and then checks their closet. He draw he pull your drawer and see the arrangements inside your drawer. When he sees the arrangement inside your drawer and your hangings and everything, the things you've hung around and everything, he knows whether you do well or not. Yes, because it determines how well you will do. It shows what is inside your spirit. Out of your spirit, those things come. It's the truth. Jesus said that it is not what goes into the man that defiles him. It is what comes out of him. So what is inside you? How well have you propped up your spirit? Your spirit man is too important. You cannot neglect him. Why do we go to school? We go to school because we believe that school is important. Because school is is important. If you are going to educate your mind, you need to go to school. Without school, your mind cannot be educated. And you cannot produce a certain kind of result through your mind. Is it true? Yeah. But without educating your spirit, you cannot do a lot of things in life. Everything you see and, and relate to came from the spirit. Everything. Including yourself. Several years ago, you weren't here on this earth, but you existed. You existed in God. Do you remember where you came from? How many of you remember where you came from? Which village were you in before you came into this world? How many of you remember? How many of you remember? You, you can't remember, isn't it? <laughs> you can't remember because the, the realm of the spirit goes beyond the realm of the, 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 the soul or the realm of the mind. The mind is a subset of your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything. I said life is spiritual. If you don't educate your spirit, don't expect a lot. Of, you want a husband. Husbands don't just okay. 
You want a good marriage. It doesn't just occur. It's not a, it's not a natural happening. Do you get it? It's not a natural. You want to be able to, you want to, you want to be prosperous and do well. And it doesn't just, it's not a natural occurrence. If it were, check those who have gone ahead of us. If it were natural and normal, you think it's normal for someone to be married to someone for 20 years, 30 years, and they are married and they are happy and they are together and everything is fine. You think it's normal? It is not normal. It is supposed to be normal, but it's not normal. Do you think what I'm saying is true? <laughs> Prosperity is not normal. It doesn't just okay. Of course, there are people who are born into money. But if they are not trained as to how to, to, to sustain it, they will just spend everything. I know someone who sued a lottery for, for, for not helping her when she won the lottery. She won one million pounds about three years ago when she was just 17. One million pounds when she was just 17. She's now 2021 20, and she's suing the lottery for messing her life up. You understand what I'm saying? This true story. I don't know if you've, you've ever read it. Um, it's on BBC, it was on BBC. She was suing the lottery business for ruining her life. Because they put so much money in her hand. She has lost friends. She has now become, she has become a cocaine addict. She's, she's, she has a terrible life. Because she had that one million pounds. And she's suing the company <laughs> for messing her life up. Because she has not been trained to handle such money. You see, the reason why the money is not coming, you are praying for some money to come, some things to come. It's not happening because you are, you are not ready. Will you buy a car for a three-year-old? Your son asks you for a BMW. Probably he had a toy car in his mind, but you, when you were coming, you, brought, you bought a BM, three series, and you brought it to, to that boy. And he told him that nobody should drive the car. He's supposed to drive it. That's, that is the day of his death. Is it true? Yeah. As soon as he sparks the car, if only he can spark it, he will die. Because he's not been raised. He's not been trained. Your spirit man has to be raised. You have to be raised. You have to sort your spirit. You have to educate your spirit. Okay? Because all the good things that you would want to see in this life and in the life to come are all in the spirit. It cannot be found physically. He said, sow to the flesh, and you shall the flesh reap decay, corruption, distraction. Can you imagine? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? It means that you must cut down some meals. <laughs> because the more you eat, the more you reap corruption <laughs> and decay. <laughs> you, like, you like what I'm saying? You don't like what? Because I'm talking about your food, you are, you are sad. For someone, we say less fast. Not at all. It's not from God. It's the, it's the devil who's talking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's a glory of the Spirit. Can I share it to you? I want to share with you some few things. You must sow to the Spirit. Okay? You must get involved in things that get your spirit man to become strong. Because what the shape of your spirit or what your spirit has is what you will deliver to you. How strong your spirit is will determine how strong you are physically. Even physically, your physical strength is dependent on your, your inner strength. 
That's why the Bible, the Bible talks about when, when Paul was praying for the church in Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 14. Let's look at Ephesians 3 from, from verse 14. Paul never spoke about you being strengthened physically. He spoke about being strengthened spiritually. Because the, str- the stronger you are spiritually, the, the more it influences your physical activities. Hmm. See, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with what? With might by his spirit in your inner man. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. It means that your inner man, your inward man, who is made up of your spirit, okay, can become strong or it can become very weak. It's not that he's strong or weak. If he's strong, he will dictate the pace of your life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. Look at, look at 1 Corinthians 15, 10. Paul said, I labored abundantly more than, uh, more than they are, above all of them. Yet not I. He says, by the, by, he says by, by the grace of God, I'm what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they are. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Grace is spiritual. It's not physical. It's spiritual. Grace is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual component. This is church. It's not, this is not MBA class. It's not a motivational speaking class. The purpose of the church is, educate, is to educate you spiritually. It's called the pillar and the ground of truth. The pillar and the ground of reality. Our job is to educate you along the lines of the spirit. So that you can have charge of your spirit. And then consequently have charge over every single thing that you have around you. Listen. How many of you know Jesus? How many of you got born again through Jesus? Or you got born again through Muhammad? Or something? You got born again through Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. So it means that Jesus is your Lord, isn't it? Yeah. Jesus is the one who died for us to come. Yeah. He, we believed in him. That's why we became born again. Jesus said exactly the same thing Paul said. What we read in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Paul says that if you, if you sow to the flesh, you shall of the flesh, reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you shall of the spirit, reap life eternal. Jesus said it exactly, but in different words. In John chapter 6, verse 63. Have you ever read it before? John 6, 63. Look at it. John 6. We'll come back to 1 Corinthians 15, 10. Yeah, it says, It is the spirit that giveth life or quickeneth. Spirit gives life. What kind of life? Eternal life. The other one said eternal life, isn't it? Yeah. Someone will say, what is eternal life? We don't know what's eternal life. Listen, without eternal life, nothing around you can work. Yeah. Eternal life is the life that gives life to others. It's the life-giving life. It gives life. <laughs> For your business to work, your hands must touch the business for it to work. For your job to work, your hands must touch that thing for it to work. Isn't it? We don't touch things ordinarily. We can touch, if you are spiritual, you can touch things for it to change. For it to be consistent with what is inside your spirit. Okay? You want your husband to love you for the rest of your life. It's not going to be by your hair and by your lipstick. The Bible emphatically mentions, mentions it. it's not by makeup or how big your buttocks is or how big your, your, your breasts are. No, it's none of those things. I've seen people whose wives' breasts are like something, what, two watermelons. <laughs> yes, still their husbands are cheating on them. Yeah. <laughs> the mentions that it must be by a meek and a quiet spirit, not flesh, spirit. So you must be spirit for some things to happen around you. Without spirit, oh, you're, 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 you are joking. Without spirit, you are, just, you are just a joker. You are just moving around. Anything and everything can just happen to you. You are, you are just a walking dead. You don't know it. 
He says, it's the spirit that gives quickening, giveth life. The flesh profited nothing. That was how Jesus said this. Paul even Paul said that is decay. Decay is something, isn't it? It's something. It's, at least you have it, but it has decayed. But Jesus said it profits nothing, absolutely nothing. It's useless. Then it says the, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Yes. So if I were you, I, w- I want to engage myself in spiritual things. Because I know that spiritual things are worthwhile. They are worth it. Do you see? They are worth it. Developing myself spiritually is worth it. It can change a lot of things around me. In First Moses chapter 4, I want to show you so many other places where it says the same thing. In First Moses chapter 4, verse 8. Look at First Moses 4, 8. Like it says, for physical training is of some value. It is useful for a little. But godliness, he calls spiritual what? Training is useful. And of value in everything and in every way. For it holds promise for the, the present life and also for the life which is to come. If I were you. And I saw this in the Bible. I will just find out what spiritual, what is, what, what do I need to do to be spiritual? Why can I soar to the spirit? Because since the spirit is profitable, it's useful for everything. Did you see that or you didn't see it? Are you sure you saw it? Hmm. Jesus said it. The flesh profits nothing. Profits nothing. You want to be moving around just like that. You're just moving around as a normal person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Says spiritual training is useful. It is useful and of value in everything and in every way. For it holds promise of the life that now is and the life which is to come. It holds promise. It has promises of the life that now is and the life which is to come. Being spiritual. Everybody have to be spiritual. You have to be spiritual fully. You have to be so spiritual you become spirit. <laughs> yeah, it is for your own benefit, it's for your own good. It is. Yeah, you have to be spiritual. Without it, nothing will work. You know, the sad thing about most Christians is that they are born again, they've been introduced to the spirit, but they are not taking advantage of the spirit things, the things of the spirit. They are functioning just like any other person. That's where the problem is. That's where the problem is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You must be spiritual. Tell anybody you must be spiritual. You must be spiritual. Without your spirituality, you can't produce results. I said your, your inner strength is what causes your outward strength to even happen. Okay? And I showed you about Paul. How that he said, I labored more abundantly than them all. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was upon me. In another place, in Colossians chapter 1. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 27. Colossians 1, 27. He says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 28. Whom we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor. How many of you remember Paul in the Bible? Paul worked, he did a lot of things. The guy was stoned, you wake up and he'll be, he'll be going. Bitten by, by a viper, he was still going. And he had great results in what he was doing. Paul was a preacher. He had so much results, he had so much energy to do what he was supposed to do. Sometimes you say, you want to, I want to start a business. You start out, three months later, 
this business, I don't know. I don't know whether it's going to. The reason why it is like that is because your spirit man is not strong. If your spirit man was strong, he will carry you through. You start a relationship three months later. I'm tired of this relationship. I don't know whether this girl is even perfect for me. Before I realize, you are 40. And you've not been able to marry or hold down a relationship for more than three months because your spirit man is not strong. You are so confused. There's so much confusion in your mind because your spirit man is not strong. What I'm trying to say is that your spirit man, your spirit has every, everything in your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Paul said this, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I. The grace of God looks upon me. He says, whereunto I labor, striving according to the superhuman energy that worketh in me. That's what Paul said. So the, the, the million dollar question is, what must I do to become spiritual, isn't it? Is it true? Yes. How can I sow to the spirit? How can I sow to the Because this, if you sow to the spirit, you shall, of the spirit, out of the spirit, you shall receive life eternal. You shall reap life eternal. Not death, but life eternal. Paul said, we are debtors to the spirit. Not to live any longer after the flesh, but after the spirit. It says, for this I, I labor. For, for this I labor unto weariness, striving with all the superhuman energy which he so mightily enkindles and works within me. God so mightily enkindles. It says, it's my work. The work I'm doing is not because I, I have a will in my, in my spirit, uh, in, my, in myself to like, I want to do something. I want to do. No, it's because there's a working inside. There's a superhuman energy working inside, causing me to do what I'm supposed to do. You open your book and you are sleeping. You are come to write an exam. You open your book. <gasps> you don't find any energy to. You must sow to the spirit. To, even to take the book is a problem. Isn't it? You must sow to the spirit. Put the book aside. Go and sow to the spirit and come back. And you'll be surprised at what will be happening when you pick the book up. Yeah, you are trying to get business to work and it's not working. Leave the physical things. Leave the natural things. You are sowing to the, to the physical. It will reap corruption. Go and sow to the spirit. And come back and see what will happen. Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is how to live as a Christian. That is how to, that is how to become big and successful as a Christian. Yeah. You must sow to the spirit, not to the flesh. You must sow to the spirit. You must put the TV off small. Yeah. You've watched too much TV. You've watched too much series. You've been talking to people too much. Yeah. You've been talking about politics for a long time. Discussing politics and discussing football, you've been sowing to the flesh consistently. Manchester has demonized you. The only devils we support. Eh? Manchester is the red, the red devils. They are the only devils we support. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, you've sowed to the physical. You've been watching all kinds of things. Garbage in, garbage out. He says, sometimes you can be watching Facebook and you realize you are dying. Like the life, the very life in you is seeping off. Have you ever realized it? Yeah. You, can, you can be stuck on Instagram. You can be stuck on you, realize, you can't stop. You don't like it. It's weakening you. But you are still on it. You need to cut some things off. You must make some No, this thing, no. And get involved with spiritual things. You'll be shocked. Your smartness is dependent on the wisdom of God inside you. Your smartness is dependent on the wisdom of God inside you. The Bible says that Christ has made unto us wisdom. That wisdom is what makes us smart. Okay? Without the, without the wisdom of God, you cannot be smart. You cannot be smart. No, read your Bible. Who was smarter than Solomon during his day? 
Solomon was the smartest guy ever. And his smartness and his wisdom is what led him into prosperity. He asked God for wisdom to judge the children of God. And God said that if you've asked the right thing, I'll give you wisdom and I'll give you money as well. Because wisdom produces money. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Yes, yeah. So if Solomon was rich, full of abundance, because God blessed him. Why do you think you'll be rich and have abundance another way? It doesn't make sense. Why do you think you'll be, you'll be, you'll be abundant and overflowing another way? It's not going to work. No other way works. You need to sow to the spirit. You like my message? Yes, I love it. So now, million dollar question. How can I sow to the spirit? How? How can I? How can I sow to the spirit? How? Number one. The word of God. The Bible you have in your hand is not an ordinary material. You need the word of God. You need to read. If you don't read it, you will not know it. No, which of the books you read in school did you read by getting it under your pillow? Did you, did you read it by getting You put it under your pillow and you, you put your head on it and it got into your head by osmosis. The pillow being the semi-permeable membrane. <laughs> the pillow was a semi-permeable membrane. It just flowed, flowed through it and then get, got <laughs> from a higher concentration to a lower concentration. Your mind was lower in concentration so it flowed like that. There's nothing like that. If you don't read it, you will not know it. If you don't, that's why you say first Onassis. <laughs> chapter 5. When they say, let us turn to first John chapter 5 verse 4. You will start from Genesis. You are now starting. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. You don't even know what comes after what. You have to learn to, you have to, you have to learn it. If you don't learn it, you will not know it. No, stop all that uh, uh, excuse and spiritual nonsense. Eh? Like you expect the thing to get into you by laying on of hands. You want me to lay hands on you and you know everything I know. Are you okay at all? Then we'll look for T.D. Jakes, then look for uh, Pastor Chris and Bishop, that for them to lay hands on us. And then we will know everything in the word. There's nothing like that. You have to read. Nobody was born with the Bible in his hand. Anybody born with the Bible in their hand? Uh, uh, Mike, Mike, Michael Jordan. How many of you know Michael Jordan? Yeah. The basketball player. Was he born with the basketball in his hand? Yeah. When he came out, he was just bouncing. Daddy, man, I'm too much, man. Man, was that what he was doing? He was not doing When he came, he came out as a normal dude, normal guy. Yeah. It took training. Yeah. He had to wake up early in the morning. Yeah. You are not willing to wake up early in the morning to read your Bible. Why do you think you will prosper? Hey. No, stop that foolishness. Stop that fake things like... God, it's like when you shout, God prosper me, then you prosper. It doesn't work like that. There's a means through which God does his things. It's a principle. If you follow it, you succeed. If you don't follow it, forget about it. That is the truth. I mean, let's stop uh, trying to massage the truth in this anyway. It's the truth. Your success is not in a certain bottle of oil. None of, no young person goes to those people. No young person goes to those people. It's only those who are 40, 45, 50, 60 because they feel it's too late for them. Yeah. They can't start all over. They are wondering whether it will even work for them. So they want a shortcut. Don't put yourself in that place. You'll be surprised that you'll be going for an oil. Breakthrough oil, which is color red. <laughs> Destiny changing oil, which is blue black. Marry me oil, which is yellow. You'll be shocked. Marry me oil. Yeah, you'll be shocked. Business reversing ability oil. 
so that your business people are looking for all kinds of things. That is what is happening in Africa. Go outside the, the country, go to Europe and all that, and they are they are they are they are they are depending on government to prosper them. Because government is their God. People are owing. Their children, children, children are owing the government. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, in, in Africa, the gospel that is preached here is get to know the Lord and he'll give you money. He'll give you car. He'll give you this. He'll give you that. If you're not getting it, any means through which you will get it. Get it. And oil will do some leaves will do. Passing some leaves around your eyes so that the customers will come to you. Or something. You have to do something so that you can, you can prosper. You get it. But when you go abroad, you can't do that abroad. You can't say you can't buy the sneak changing oil. The government has told them what their destiny is going to be. Yeah, yeah government tells them. Because if you need a car, if you are in Germany and you need a car, I mean, this free, they, they produce BM, they produce uh, Benz. Fresh new Benz. Eh? You just pay 200 euros every month and you can have it. Yes, just 200 euros, you can have it. You'll be driving it. Yeah. So they don't pray those prayers. They don't need those prayers. They don't need those oils to do anything. But they are owing the government. Or should be owing the bank. People file for bankruptcy and all kinds of things. People's lives are, are ending. They, have, they are in a rat race. There are a lot of churches abroad who don't, they can't give any money as much as Africans do. You think like, oh, they are abroad. It's, no, they don't, they don't give any money. They can't give. If you say they should give $100, they will start crying. You should see it. Check it by the preachers on TV. And how much they are asking for money. So $100. $100 seed for 100 400, uh, 100 days blessings. Have you seen it? Oh, you've, it's like you've not seen what I'm talking about. You see, people have left sowing to the spirit and now it's like it's too late for them. They feel it's too late for them. So they are resorting to all kinds of things. If you don't sow to your spirit now, it may be a time where you think that it is too late. Okay? Do you know the word of God does not work at the point? I don't know if you know that the word of God does not work at the point. There are some people who think that the word of God will always be, I always, the word of God will always open up to me, I always be, I always be hearing the it is not true. You've not read your Bible very carefully. Those who did that with church, today you are here, tomorrow you are here. It's like you are in this church, you are in another church. It's like today you are here, tomorrow you are not in the church. You come for Tuesday, you don't come for Sunday, you come for Friday, you don't come for Sunday, you are not consistent. No household is household is even blocked out of your mind. Shift delete in your mind. Even when what you are coming to visit, uh-huh. you don't want you want us to visit. You run away from your room. Very very soon it will not work for you again. It is in the Bible, Proverbs chapter one, verse twenty four to twenty six. I called you so often. This is the word of God talking. He says, I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock when your disaster overtakes you. I will mock. This is the word of God. He says, I will laugh at you and I will mock at you when your disaster comes. Go to the next verse. There's more. So I will laugh when your trouble, when your calamity, when calamity overtakes you like a storm. When disaster engulfs you like a cyclone and anguish and distress overwhelm you. I will laugh at you. He says, you shall seek me early. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. This is the word of God talking. At the point it does not work. 
It does not work anymore. The Bible says that because they, they rejected the knowledge of God, he gave them over unto deception. It says, for they hated knowledge and chose not the fear of the Lord. Am I the one saying it? It's like I'm a bad person. I'm looking like a bad preacher in the church right now. There's a time it will not work. Those of you who are you are very young. 15, at 15, God holds you responsible for your mind. He holds you responsible for your mind and what you will do at age 15. Your life has started. That is why Joseph at age 17 knew what God wanted him to do with his life. He knew. David was anointed when he was 17. Yeah, he knew God before 17. At age 20, you are expected to be full-fledged in your ministry, whatever, whichever you are supposed to do. If you are 25, you are getting late. I'm telling you. So don't think that it's always there. Oh, that's for, that's for preachers. The preachers are always there. Let me finish school. Let me do the... No, 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 no. You are making a mistake. Life at a point does not give you time anymore. At a point, you will not have time for some things. If you've not learned to sow your, your time into God, after some time, you cannot sow your time into God. You want a quick fix. Ah, these people are selling all kinds of things and people are still going. Why do you think people are still going? There are more, a lot of them are still going. Why? Because they know they don't have time. They need something quick to happen. It's like the, sowing the word of God is too slow. <laughs> it's too slow. It's too slow. Yeah. At a point, the Spirit of God will not respond to you anymore. At a point, the Spirit of God will not respond to you anymore. Should I show it to you? Yes. The Bible says, grieve not the Spirit. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Have you read it before? It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit whom, by whom you have been sealed unto the day. You've not seen it in your Bible before. He says it's more than one occasion. Why? Because you can grieve the Spirit. Okay? He calls unto you. Do this. Do this. Do this. Let's do this. Let's, at the point you don't hear his voice anymore. There was one man who uh, he, he wanted to fornicate. He wanted to commit adultery so badly. And so God was talking to him through the word of God that is preached in church and through his own conscience. But he was not minding the spirit of God. One day he was driving and saw a brothel, a place for prostitutes, and drove in and went to satisfy himself. When he came out of the place, something left him. He knew that something had happened, something had changed in him. From that time onward, for so many years, he couldn't feel the presence of God again in his life. Things had changed. Hallelujah. He sought with tears and all kinds of things. But nothing was happening. He moved around and moved around. Nothing was happening. You pray and he's not feeling the presence of God. Then he saw, I don't know, you know that story. He saw a man with a car, uh, driving a car with a, with, a, with a placard, with a sticker on the car that read, Jesus meant broken hearts. And he drove through town following the guy. He followed the guy. He just wanted to talk to the guy. So the guy was driving, he drove around to the guy. The one the guy stopped, he wanted to meet him. He, said, he told him his story and said, can Jesus mend my broken hearts? Can he help me? Then a man prayed for him. What if you don't find someone like that? till so you die. What if when you are doing that wrong thing, you just die in the, in the midst of the wrong Hey, what are you going to tell the, the Lord when you go? Hey, listen to what I'm saying. It has happened to so many people. He says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. He's talking to Christians, yet he says they can grieve the Spirit of God. When you grieve the Spirit of God, you make him draw back. You make him draw back and back and back and back. Oh, there are things that are not there forever. 
Think a lot of things are not there forever. There's a time. There's a, there's a time that you need to be. You need you need to take advantage of. It's not always going to be there. Okay. Look at Second Corinthians chapter six verse one. Second Corinthians six one. We then, as workers together with, with him, with God, beseech you as also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. He says, don't receive the grace of God in vain. Look at the next thing. For he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I helped thee. The word secured means help. Behold, now is the time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It means that there's another day when it will not be a day of salvation. The salvation has a time. You understand know what I'm saying? There's time. Everything is time bound. Everything is time bound. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you joke with it, you miss it. Joke with it, you miss it. What did Esau, what did Esau do? You remember Esau in the Bible? Esau was playing with the birthright. And he handed it over to his brother Jacob. When Jacob took the Jacob knew what was happening. He knew what was going on. He took advantage of the The birthright was spiritual. It had nothing to do with physical things. How did Jacob get the birthright? They laid hands on him and spoke words upon him. May the heavens and the earth respond to you. May the dew of the heavens be yours. Your smell is as the grass of the field. That's all. Words were spoken unto him. You see, Esau despised those things because it didn't look physical. It didn't look powerful enough. It had no physical like some. There was nothing inside it. But it was everything. And he forgot about it. And traded it over to his brother. They spoke the words on his brother. And rather, his brother left with a blessing. Then he came back regretting, crying. His father said, they are not have blessed already. All the rest that are left are curses. And he said, I don't care. You just put whatever you want on me. And the father spoke curses upon his life. You shall serve your brother and all that was said to him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He saw sorts the Bible. Look at it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 to 17. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person. A fornicator is one who devalues what God places value on. Okay? I just, I just started mentioning to you that it says, sow to the spirit and you shall the spirit reap life eternal. Sow to the flesh and you shall reap corruption. This is what God said. This is what God, this is what God sees as valuable. But you may be sitting there and saying that, what? These things are... You've heard these things over... Okay. You are, you are becoming a fornicator. One who devalues what God places value on. A profane person as Esau, who for one muscle of meat, something physical, for food, for mean immediate pleasure. Something that you get right now. Eh? Red, red. The, 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 uh, uh, the meat he, he, he ate was red meat. Eh? Red stew. For one muscle of meat, so this birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. Why? For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. He tried and prayed and did everything, but he could not find anything. It was too late. There's a time where it will be too late. Too late. The word of God will not. You, you'll be shocked. You will not even be hearing it anymore. You don't even feel like praying anymore. Am I scaring you? No. I'm telling you the truth. So you have to take the word of God seriously. Jesus said that the, word, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Read it. Read it. If you don't read it, you would not know what it says. You must sow to the spirit by reading the Bible. Okay? How do I know the principles of prosperity? I've read it in the Bible. Why do I give? I give like I'm mad. I'm telling you. In the course of the year, I can give so much. I can give so much. I have to be prompted to try and keep some. Because I'm not thinking about keeping anything. 
I'm thinking about giving. Why do I give like that? I give because, listen, I'm wise. I know that the preacher is not blessed by his receiving. No matter how much money you give to me, if I don't give, I will not be blessed. My blessing is in my giving. I know it. I am smart. I'm not foolish. I know. Because I've read it in the Bible. I've seen it. It's there. Give your fight. Sow your seeds. Give your partnership. You see, do all those things. Give. And see your life going for it. I've seen it in the Bible. So I don't joke with it. I don't say it's one of those things or these things that they are just, they're just trying to collect their money. No. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. But if you are not, if you are not reading your Bible and hearing it the way you are supposed to hear it, you complain when we say you should give something. You say, well, every time they are, you complain. You see, carnality is when you reject the word of God and do the opposite. That's why Paul said that as long as there's envies and strife and divisions, party spirits, are you not yet carnal? You see, yeah, as long as these things are still there. Why are they still there? Because they reject the word of God. What the word of God says we should love. I just told you today. It says, love your brother, your neighbor, even as I have loved. If you, if you love your neighbor, as the word of God says, you will not hate your brother. You will not have any of those things in your life. The word of God instructs you. It is for our instruction. Okay? Unto righteousness. It shows us how to live the life of God. The way we ought to live it. What to do at which point in our lives. You reject it, you will not be educated in any way. Your spirit man will be weak. You'll be weak. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Every word. When you receive the word of God, it comes as life into your spirit. And it helps you. Are you listening to me? Like I said, if you don't read it, you will not know it. If you don't read John, you don't know what is inside John. Let me show you something about the Bible. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says that for the word that God speaks is powerful, sharper, the amplifier. Let's look at it. Hebrews 4, verse 12. What did I say? 12, 4? 4, 12, yeah. 4, 12. It says, for the word that God speaks is what? Alive. Is what? Alive. The word that God speaks is alive. Are you alive? Yeah. You are alive, right? That's why when I talk to you, you talk back, isn't it? How are you? I'm fine. Come to me. Give me a hug. Wow. She's alive, isn't it? So she can relate with me. When I talk, she responds. The word of God is alive. The word of God that you read must relate with you. It has an effect. It can do something. It can make you cry. It can make you shout. It can make you run. It can, it can bring life. You can relate with it. It is not, it is not letter. It's alive. It's not dead. Okay? Paul said, the letter killeth, but the spirit give her life. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The word of God is spirit. It is life. It can give you life. It can motivate you. Can human beings motivate you? Can someone who is alive motivate you? They can motivate. The word of God can motivate you five times more. It's given by the inspiration of God. The breathing out of God. And it is profitable for reproof, for doctrine, for correction. It's alive. It has eyes. It has ears. It can relate with you. The Bible is alive for me. It's not, it's not a dead material. It's alive. That's why I like reading it. 
You see, when you open your Bible, you tell God, help, let us become a light. Let, let us not become just some words, some, some newspaper that I'm reading. Let us become alive. Let us become alive. Listen, the Spirit of God can transport you to the place where you stand with Moses on the shores of, 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 the, of the sea, of the, of the Red Sea. He, you, can, you can have that experience with God as you read his word. It's amazing what he can do to you. It can, you realize it's just changing you. It's just changing you. That's, that's the ability of the word. It has its own inherent power. In Colossians 1 verse 6, it says that you receive the word of God, the gospel which you receive, which is producing results even as it did with you. The first time you heard it, it has its own inherent. It says, which is come unto you, this is Colossians 1 verse 6, which is come unto you as it is in the world and bringeth forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. Look at the Amplified. Colossians 1 6. It says, which has come to you, the word of He's talking about the word of God, the gospel. Indeed, in the whole world, that gospel is bearing fruit and still is growing by its own inherent power. It has an inherent power. It can relate. It can cut away. Listen, in Jeremiah, he says that the word of God is like a hammer. It breaks. It can break things around you in your life. Every you'll be surprised at what it will do for you. You'll be shocked. It is not an ordinary material. Sow it into your life. Do you understand? That is what it means to be spiritual. Sow, sow onto the spirit. Through the word of God. Use the word of God for yourself. It is not an ordinary material. Hallelujah. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 29. It says, it's not my word like fire. That consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord. And like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rocks of stubborn resistance. It can take away every stubborn thing in your life. And every stubborn thing around you, in your family. It can, listen, it can, it has that ability. It can break. It's like a hammer. It's like a sword. It's like a, it's like, it's like fire. It consumes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the word of God. It's alive. It's not dead. The word that is alive, it can relate to you. It can relate to you. It can make you what it talks about. It's not a lie. It can. It can. It can make you what it talks about. It will make you aware of what you are and show you how to use what you are to produce results. That's what the word of God does. That's the, that's the function of the word. It cuts. It's piercing the, into the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. There's nothing that is hidden to him, to the eye of him with whom we have to do. That's the word of God. He has eyes. He can see and prompt you. You see, he can see and prompt you. Listen, don't go here. If you learn to respond to God's word, you'll be shocked. It will do a lot. Jesus is the word. Jesus said, I'm the truth, I'm the, I'm, I'm the life, isn't it? He's the word. He's the word. He's the living word. It's alive. It's not dead. It's not dead. It can make you. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Let's look at the first Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Amplified. And we also especially thank God continually for this. That when you receive the message of God which you have heard from us. You welcome it not as a word of mere men. But as it's as it truly is the word of God which is effectually at work in you who believe exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to and trust in and rely on it it has a superhuman energy can you imagine it can drive you the word of God has a driving effect it can drive you to do what it talks about hallelujah 
I'll never fail in my life. Not when I'm sowing to the Spirit. Through the Word of God. I'm sowing the Word of God in my life. When I wake up in the morning, I'll read my Bible. And it is active. It will tell me what to do with myself. Yeah, as I come out of the, after I come out of the room, I know. I know I have to love. I'm a man of love. I'm a man of love. When I'm going to hate you, you remind me, no, you are not like that. You're a man of love. And it starts changing your life. It just starts changing your life. I'm an honest man. When you get an opportunity to lie and do something foolish, it will show you, no, this is not your nature. You have the nature of righteousness. You are a good man. Therefore, out of your good spirit, you produce goodness. I'm a good man. That's why it will teach you. It will teach you. You see, men are looking for honest people. There are people who have billions of cities, billions of dollars, looking for honest people to give them to to work. They can't find honest people around. Honest people are in short supply. They can't find them. If you decide, I'm going to be honest. And allow the word of God to help you. Make you honest. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. There was this medical doctor who so badly wanted to start a hospital because God laid this on on his heart. He was praying, God, I want to start a hospital so I can help people. The word of God had taught him to help people. So he was not a doctor who was looking for money. You know, there are doctors who look for money. They do everything because of money. Do everything. But this guy wanted to do the right thing. He was praying to God, help me get out so I can help people. He met a man. It's a true story. The man is just at Kofanoche. I don't know if he has lived. True story. A man came. Someone came to his hospital, to the hospital, and he looked after the person. Okay. And when he did, he did, he, did, he looked after him very well, checking up on him. Not because he thought the man was rich or anything like that. He didn't know him, but he was just being a Christian, the Christian that he is, by showing kindness to people. So there, there are people who are not kind. There are Christians who are not kind because they've not sold that to their spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was kind, just being nice to the man. The man got well, and when he was living, he told him that the way you've looked after me, you've been so kind to me, I want to do something for you. So, he went home, the man went home, came in a car, and gave him about 10,000 Ghana cities cash. This is several years ago. This is like seven years ago. Okay? Seven or eight years ago, he gave him 10,000 cities cash in a box. That this is my appreciation for what you did for me. The man, the doctor thought he was, that was all. He thought that was all. 10,000 is a lot of money, isn't it? Even now, it's a lot of money. If you have 10,000, it's, it's a lot of money. You can do a lot of things. The doctor said, Oh, thank you. This, this is not the reason why I said, Oh, this is from my heart. I want to do it for you. Then the man left. He called him about, after about two days and told him that there's a building he has. He's built a 25-bedroom building, big building he has. God is telling him to give it to him as a gift. So he's going to give it to him. He has not finished. He's not done the windows and the doors and everything. He's going to do everything, plaster, paint it, and give it to him as a gift. And he did that and gave it to him as a gift. You see? There are TV stations waiting for you, for you to inherit. There are things waiting for you. The Bible says that the unrighteous man heaps up riches for the righteous man to come and inherit. He says, don't be jealous of their riches. Just focus on what God is, what God says you should do. If only you read your Bible. If only you read your Bible. If only you develop a relationship with God through His Word. You'll be shocked at what He will do for you. God is big. God, He's the one. Listen, Moses was born as a child. His life was at, at, at in danger. They sent him away through the, on, on the water in the basket. God engineered for the basket to get to Pharaoh's daughter's house. 
she picked it up and they went to call her mother, his mother and paid her to look after her own baby. That is the kind of, God is big. God is big. What's God, what can God do? Anything. He's the one who took someone from. And God, God is a God of sudden changes. Suddenly. Just suddenly something just happens. The Bible says that when the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves. Don't, don't weaken when you are praying and studying the Bible. Don't think that these things are there. It's not doing anything for me. Listen, you are saturating your cloud. That's what you are doing. You are saturating the cloud. If it, if it is full, it has nothing else to do but to empty itself upon you. And suddenly, everything will change. Suddenly, Joseph's life was changed. From being in prison to become the next highest person in Egypt. He became higher than the man who took him to prison. Can you imagine? God can do anything. Don't limit God. Study his word. Put it inside. If only you will put it inside. If only you will soar to the spirit. He says you shall the spirit reap eternal life. Don't ignore it. It's too important. It's too important. It will give you. It will deliver unto you. David said before I went astray I was afflicted. He says before I was afflicted I went astray. He says but now have I kept thy word. Thou art good. God is good. God is good. He says show me thy status. Show me your word. God is good. There's nothing too, too difficult for him to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm not ordinary. I'm not ordinary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, my time is up. Please. I have so many things to share with you. Hallelujah. I know some people have to write on the exam. So, I'll close. I'll come back again and come and continue this message. Yeah. See, I'll soar to the Spirit. I'll soar to the Spirit. I'll to the spirit. I'll to the spirit. I'm a man of the Spirit. Say it again, I'm a man of the Spirit. Hallelujah. So you are going to be reading your Bible, right? Yeah. Go to studying. You do anything. For, go for God's word. Go for God's word. Go for it. That was a seek and you shall find. If you seek it, you shall find it. Yeah. If you don't seek it, if you want to come to it, it will not come to it. You have to seek it. You have to want to understand. I want to understand this thing. That's why we read books. That's why we listen to tapes. Listen to CDs and audio and all those things. Watch video. If you don't expose yourself to it, it's my son. Attend to my words. Give incline thine ears unto my sayings. Keep them in the midst of thine heart for their life to all those that find them. And medicine, health to all their flesh. Yeah. Yeah. It can make you. It can make you. That's the job of the word of God. It's called the word of his grace. It makes, it has the, it has the, it has the making ability. It can make you what it talks about. In Acts chapter 20 verse 32, he says that I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able, it has an ability to build you up and to give unto you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. It's not everybody who is sanctified who will get their inheritance. It's only those who allow the word of his grace to have an effect on them. Those who go for the word of his grace will have it having an effect on them. Yeah. It will make you. He says, and now, brethren, I commend you to God. And to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. It has an ability to build you up. It can raise you up. It can raise you up. Let me show you one last scripture. Go to Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1. This is so nice. I like it so much. The day I saw it, I was so excited. I was so excited. Let me show it to you. Ezra chapter 1 verse. Let's read from verse 1. It's nice from verse 1. We understand it from verse 1. It says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia. Now, this is a guy who is not even born again. This in the year, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord came, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. 
The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. God stirred his spirit up. That he made a proclamation through all his kingdom. And put it also in writing saying. Thus yet Cyrus king of Persia. The Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. And hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem. Which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people. His God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem which is in Judah. And build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in, in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he is sojourning, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and goose and beasts and beside the free will offerings, offering for the house of God. That is in Jerusalem. Verse 5. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah. Now, this is what I want you to see. And the, the fa- sorry, then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites with them all. Read the rest. Whose spirit God had raised to go up to build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. God can raise this God, whose spirit God had raised. God can raise you by his word. He can raise your spirit up by his word. Do you understand? Your spirit can be cultured by God's word. He can raise you up. For his purposes, for what he has designed for you to do. There's something, listen, there's a mandate of God upon your life. Every single one of us has a mandate. There's a mandate, something sitting on you. There's something you've been called to. The least of us, the baby amongst us, has been called by God to do something. The only way to achieve it is through the Spirit. It's through the Spirit. That's the only way. And God can raise you up through his word. So to the Spirit and watch your life flow in abundance. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.